Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you overcome adversity in your life. I'll also be interviewing author Rayfield Walker, who shares his book, Out of the Jungle, The Jungle Boy. This memoir shares how he overcame much adversity as a horribly abused boy in Guyana and how his story is helping to inspire others to overcome the struggles they too may face. You may purchase this book on Amazon or on jamesmillerlifeology.com. Purchase this book today. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well, and then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out the form, and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Once upon a time, a daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. It seemed just as one problem was solved, another one soon followed. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second pot, and ground coffee beans in the third pot. He then let them sit and boil without saying a word to his daughter. The daughter moaned and impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. After 20 minutes, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and placed them in a bowl. He pulled the eggs out of the pot and placed them also in a bowl. He then ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to his daughter, he asked, what do you see? Potatoes, eggs, and coffee, she hastily replied. Look closer, he said, and touch the potatoes. She did and noted that they were very soft. He then asked her to take the egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. Father, what does this mean, she asked. He then explained that the potatoes, the eggs, and the coffee beans had each faced the same adversity, the boiling water. However, each one reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard, and unrelenting, but in boiling water, it became soft and weak. The egg was fragile, with a thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put into the boiling water. Then the inside of the egg became hard. However, the ground coffee beans were unique. After they were exposed to the boiling water, they changed the water and created something new. Which one are you? He asked his daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a potato, an egg, or a coffee bean? Overcoming Adversity There is an old saying that says rain falls on the just and the unjust, meaning that life is going to happen. Unfortunately, there will be times in our life when situations happen and we're uncertain of what to do. This adversity can be at the hands of someone else or it could be from choices and decisions that we've made. Anytime we experience adversity, 
We will often feel lost, hopeless, fear, doubt. All of these very powerful emotions will plague our mind. When that happens, it's important to implement some of these techniques we're going to talk about today. In the past, I've talked about the initial reaction we have and then the choices we make after that. For example, if I come up and startle you, your automatic response is going to be scared. But if you stay scared for the next hour, well, that doesn't make sense. It's the same type of thing. When we experience adversity initially, our initial reaction is to feel so overwhelmed, so overcome, and feel like there's no way out. But then just like that hour of being afraid, then it changes and then we determine how long we're going to feel as if there's no way out or nothing's going to change. Now, I talk about this in a very practical way. By no means am I minimizing what you've experienced or perhaps what you're experiencing right now. But I want to give you some tools and techniques to consider or to try when you go through adversity. One of the first things to really ask yourself when you're going through this adversity is, when have I felt something like this before? Now, the situation may be completely different. But you felt fear, you felt doubt, you felt hopeless, you felt despair, you felt all those emotions before. Now, when you think back on those times, what did you do to overcome those feelings? And once again, the intensity of those emotions may be totally different, but you've experienced it before. So what did you do? How did you change your perspective? How did you change your mind? How did you get yourself back on track? It's important to reflect on when you felt it and what did you do? Because that's actionable information that you can use to overcome it again. Sometimes when we're struggling so much, we can't remember those types of things. So it's always good to ask a close friend or someone who knows your history who can really remind you of what's happened. And of course, you want to surround yourself with these amazing people who are going to support you and love you and help you. And in doing that, you'll be able to rely on their sense of hope, their sense of peace that they exude or that they can give you. And when you listen to what they say, the advice they may give you, the love they may show you, that is going to be the strength you need to then switch over into your own mind to say, all right, is this going to be a stumbling block or is it going to be a stepping stone? Remember what you're going through today is not who you are. If you've been abused, if you are going through a divorce, a heartache, a sickness, a bankruptcy, there's so many things we can experience that are so powerful, but that is not who you are. That is simply an event you are going through. If you call yourself what that event is, in other words, if you call yourself the divorced person or the brokenhearted person or the bankrupt person or the abused person, once again, I'm not minimizing what you've experienced, but if we believe that that's now the new identity we have, then that's what we're going to be. So remember, what you're going through is an event and not who who you are. So that means the self-talk you have, in other words, what you say to yourself over and over again in your mind, determines how this can become a stepping stone. So if you tell yourself, I'm always going to be this way, or my life is always going to hurt like this, or I'm always going to be poor, I'm always going to be brokenhearted, I'm always going to be devastated, that is going to be what you become. Think of a coin. If you take a coin and you bring it closer to your eye, that's all you're going to see. It's the same type of thing with your thoughts. The more you focus on a thought, the more that thought is to become bigger and bigger until that's all you think about. So that's why it's important to have your friends give you different thoughts to think about and support you. That's why it's important for you to change your self-talk to say this is going to be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. Remember, everything ends, meaning every situation in your life will end and a new situation will arise. When this cycle of adversity ends, what's going to come out of it? That is what you can focus on. There may be things you can't change right now. Let's say you are experiencing some severe adversity right this second and it feels like there's nothing you can do. Well, what you can do is focus on what you think think, what are your options, surrounding yourself with your friends, those are the tools you can use. So therefore, once it does end, because it will end, you've already started the healing process for yourself to once again use this as a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. 
my friend, I'm so sorry you have experienced adversity, but I'm confident there is a way out for you. I'm confident there's still hope for you. I'm confident that you are going to overcome this adversity and become something greater than what your circumstances have told you you're going to be. So let these words sink in. The adversity is going to end. Use it as a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. My guest today is Rayfield Walker, an inspiring artist, filmmaker, and recently published author of the amazing book, Out of the Jungle, The Jungle Boy. His memoir is a powerful story which instills hope and inspiration for all who read it. He recounts years of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse from his father and relatives. It depicts the grim reality of his life in Guyana. Despite enduring horrifying and repeated abuse, Rayfield fought for his life with an iron will and utter determination. He found refuge in his grandparents' home, where his grandmother instilled in him important virtues and strengths of character. He is joining us today from New York City, where he continues to to fulfill his dream of inspiring and helping others through his powerful story. Welcome to my show, Rayfield. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk about your memoir and all the amazing things that are happening in your life today. You know, you've been through so many powerful, traumatic things in your life, but the person that I'm speaking with today is an amazing, inspirational beacon of hope for all who he talks to. So thank you once again for joining with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So your book itself, that is a a personal book. It's a nonfiction memoir specifically depicting how you grew up, all the things that you went through, and then stops where you're at today in New York City. Is that correct? Yeah, it actually stops with my graduation. That's where I stopped it. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Tell us about how you grew up. I grew up in a small village in Guyana that's called Supply, Mm -hmm. and it's located on the east bank of the Demerara River. Most people that um, is familiar with Guyana um, know Georgetown, but um, just on the coast up of Georgetown is the east bank of the Demar River, and that's the village that supply. But um, I grew up with my grandparents. Um, Did you live with your parents as well? Uh, I never, I never lived with my parents. Um, my parents got me at the, my mom got me at the age of seventeen. Uh, my dad was eighteen, and my parents was too young to take care of me. Um, and just after leaving the hospital with my mom, after my mom gave birth to me, um, I found out from my grandmother and also my mom that I used to live with my dad and his mother in Georgetown, Guyana. And numerous of times my dad, um, my dad and his mom, they were, they were some, they they were pretty much abusive and mm-hmm. I used to be back and forth into the hospital. And my, uh, it would be times where I would leave to go at my grandmother's house in supply, which is my mother's mom. Uh-huh. And the minute I got there, everything would be fine. No problem, you know. The life of um, stability there with your grandmother. Yeah, there was a lot of stability. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother took upon me just to say, you know what? The, after weeks of taking me there, numerous of times, my grandmother was like, my mom, mom's was like, leave him here. Um, he's not going back. And I from the age of one year old, I continue to stay there with my grandmother and my wow. grandfather. Wow. And that's, I'm so sorry to hear that as an infant that you went through that physical abuse. I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, 
I know, unfortunately, that happens so much in the world that we just don't know it. But I'm so glad to hear that you had people who, your grandparents and your mother, who were able to say, no, enough is enough. You're going to live with your grandparents. So I'm so glad to hear that. Now, as you grew up, though, there were times when your father was very abusive still. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so that, that, um, that specific, specifically of itself occurred after my grandmother took me and I wasn't seeing my dad. Nobody was seeing me. So I was always with closed in with my grandparents mm-hmm. in supply. And my mom pushed a matter of saying, you know, maybe he needs a man in his life. Maybe he needs his father. You know, maybe, maybe he should build a relationship with his father. So I started visiting back my father at the age of like three, four years old. And my dad, they, they, were, they weren't accustomed of actually having me around because um, my grandmother had hated my dad and, my, and his mom for the way they used to treat me as a baby. Sure. So, makes sense. Um, so it would always be a problem between my mother and her mother. So it would always be a back and forth. You know, why you want him, why you want him to go to his, why you want him to go to his, his, his father, you know? And there's times where when my mom actually took me to my dad's house, my grand my grandmother would be calling just to check up on me. My dad, he didn't pretty like that. So um but the abuse of itself started it started as as a in a in a really bad way because my dad, he's kinda like what they consider to be trapped in the closet. Mm-hmm. You know, um he's bisexual, but it's like on lockdown where he doesn't mm-hmm. want anybody in the family to know. Sure. There's some there's there's some relatives in the family that knows, but they're you know, it's like they're holding the, you know, they're holding it down for him. So the fact in Guyana now, at that time, while while I was young, in Guyana, you know, to 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 for you to consider yourself bisexual and wanted to be with the same sex, you know, it was very bad, you know, because people didn't really stand for it, you know, and it was sure. something that was scorned. So with 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 the way all my grandparents was treating him, you know, and they was reacting to him of having me around and. It would seem like I had the best life, you know, a life that he never had, which wasn't true. But then he just found that in a way of like, okay, I'm going to take out that anger on that little boy. And, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, hearing that, of course, to hear how, regardless of if he's your father or not, to hear that an adult male would abuse a child, a toddler, is, is inconceivable. It's, it's in so many ways, I mean, people can try and justify that regardless if he's in the closet, if he's bisexual, whatever the culture says is, is appropriate, but that's not acceptable in any culture. So I'm glad to hear that, of course, your grandparents were able to, to help you through that. Now, there were times when he locked you in the closet, in the cupboard for quite a while, right? Yeah, um, it was numerous of times. Um, he used to, like, I would always, my clothes would always be taken off, mm-hmm. and then I would get beaten, beaten with, like, a letter belt. Um, and then after, after hours of being beaten with a letter belt, I would be putting into the cupboard where he would lock me in there. And sometimes it was it would either be between the the, the cupboard, the kitchen cupboard, like right now underneath the sink, mm-hmm. or you know, those you know those like those shipping drums where you ship things in, those mm-hmm. blue big yes. containers, it'll be one of those drums. Could you breathe in that? My stepmom, while like while my dad would leave to go to work, because he was expecting me to stay in there while he left the house. Mm-hmm. But my stepmom, she always came in and she would unlock it, take me out. But when he comes home, whenever he came home, she would have to take, put me back in because sometimes he got really physical with her as well. Mm. 
you know, as you're, t- as you're recounting this to me right now, I can't imagine what that must be like for you. I mean, that's, that's trauma that many people, many, many people have not experienced. How was that for you years later when you're living your amazing life in New York City and you're going to community college and you're studying to be a, an artist, a filmmaker, a writer, all these things? How was that for you to hear how you were as a child versus who you are today? Well, basically, um, I look at it in terms of a way. It was when I first started working on this book because um, I was actually inspired to write this book. I've read um, Why Do Cage Birds Sing by Maya Angelou. I've read... Um, it was amazing, um, of course. <laughs> a Long Way Gone by Ishmael. Ishmael, I can't really pronounce his last name, uh-huh. but I think it's Vesh. Vesh, Ishmael Vesh. He's a very good writer. Um, it talks about... And what I love about his book, his book talks about... Um, it talks about the... the, the uh, you know, like how they used to take these kids and make them into little soldiers little mm-hmm. um yeah and the the way that how he explains it how, how he explains the the story of itself describing the the scenes i've grasped and how to do that but going back to how i came to write this book um my aunt who used to babysit for this this um this this guy who's a filmmaker he's, still, he's technically still a filmmaker but he was more into films in and I think in the, in the 90s, where he used to, um, he was one of the first punk filmmakers of New York City, where oh, he wow. used to do indie films. His name is Amos Poe, and he's technically my mentor right now. He's a professor also at NYU. And oh, wow, that's neat. I, and the reason how I met him, because um, my aunt, she was interesting, because, you know, it's like everybody used to hear about how the way my dad used to treat me. So mm. it's like when they get to meet me on a family reunion or something, they would be like, how are you doing? You know, I, uh, is you and your dad okay now? And she, asked, she, she just happened to ask me, what are, you, what are you doing with your life? You know, so I said, I'm going to school. I'm studying film. And she's like, that's great. She said, what are you interested in? I said, film, you know, I want to do screenwriting. So she told, so she told me she, she, she works with this guy who, who does film, which is Amos Poe. Um, and she, and she, she gave me his number. And I, I called him like immediately as soon as I went home. That, <laughs> after, sure. that evening, I called him and he, was, he said, you know, he sees he's going on vacation. He sees he's coming back August 1st. He said, just contact me as soon as you come back. So as soon as I come back, just contact me on August 1st, you know, because I didn't, I didn't give him a chance to like wait until he came back and rest <laughs> up immediately. Like yeah. he told me August 1st, August 1st, first thing I woke up, I gave them a call. And <laughs> he actually didn't answer. So I called her back and she said, just give him a week, you know, let him settle yeah. down and stuff. So I called him and when I actually called him after a week, I got to him. I, show, um, I went over to his apartment. I showed him all the art that I was working with all the poems and I showed him that this, this, I told him I wanted to to get into a good college where I could study film because I want to talk about, I want to make, I told him I always had a, I always had an inspiration of making movies and stuff like that, you know, cause I love to write. Mm-hmm. So he said, you know, I said, but I told him, I said, my grades is not that well. So he said to me, he said, what you got to do, you're a good artist, you're a good writer. He said, you went, you came back from Guyana. People like those stories, you know, people like you. I know, I know you've been through a lot of struggles and stuff like that because my aunt shared with him, you know, the type of life that I've encountered in Guyana. And she said, um, and he said to me, he said, just write about it, you know. These people would love to hear that story and they could overlook certain things. So I was like, I said, okay. And I wrote five, six, seven pages and I stuck up to the part where I started remembering about those abuse. And I told him, I said, I can't do it no more. I said, he yeah. said, why not? I said, I said, there was a lot of bad things that happened to me. And he said, what are you talking about? And I started telling him about the abuse of my dad, 
what I've encountered with 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 neighbors, with relatives. And he said, mm-hmm. he said this, he said this, he said that's good. And then he left, and he's like, I mean, it's not really, it's not good, but <laughs> sure. he said it's it's just it's just it's just great, you know. He said, and he turned to me, and he said, what I want you to do, I want you to, I would love for you to write a book. And I mm-hmm. said, said write a book. I said I can't. I, I said I hardly know how to write because. I told him, and he's like, why not, AC? I said, I learned to read at the age of 12. And he's like, what are you talking about? You learned to read at the age of 12. I said, in Guyana, when I used to go to school, when my grandparents would send me to school, I never used to go to, I used to go to school in the beginning of the, mo- in, in the morning, the teacher would mark your attendance. And I would leave school so I could like go and work for rich neighbors, like far away, like, like in outer village. Mm. So I could accumulate money. So, cause my grandparents, they used to work to pay the bills, you know, like light bill, the water bill. But most sure. of the time, my grandparents lose their job, you know, so lights cut yeah. off. Yeah. You have to go miles of water. So the least I could have done, see myself doing is like, okay, I'm going to run errands with these people and get accumulate money so I could buy a few bread or what's not, you know. And um, I said, I told him that's why I couldn't read. I said, and I ended up coming when I came to, but all I learned actually to read and I forced myself to 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 start reading. Um, my stepmom, it, I actually came through my stepmom. My stepmom got got um the she got she got to come in through her dad, and she, you know, of like from the time I used to visit them when my dad used to um abuse me mm-hmm. in my early childhood. She said, the least I could do for you is give you this opportunity to come here and you know be somebody. You know, you have better opportunities, and you're very you're very uh, uh, ambitious little boy, and mm-hmm. and she she said the only thing is in America, you know, you gotta go to school. You know, like you could you could not go to school because the government is gonna make sure you yeah, go to school. Course. She said you you have to learn how to read, and I started picking up the newspaper, started pronouncing words, trying, but I learned how to read in Ghana, but I couldn't understand what I was reading. I learned how to do that at the age of fifteen. Wow. When I and look at here. you, you wrote a book as well. I mean, that's, that's so inspiring on so many levels. I'm not just because it's a book, but the adversity that you've overcome, the struggles that you had, and uh, just you do more, you have, you're doing more than many people who have not gone through those things. So in other words, I mean, you've written a book, you're studying what you love, you are working as hard as you can, you've overcome so much adversity. So I, I really want to honor you with that. I really want to, to just give you, let you understand that this is, this is an amazing, powerful journey that you've experienced, but it's one that many people would not have been able to respond to it in the way that you are currently responding to it. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, um, I came to, I came after I started school and, and yeah, I started at Brooklyn college Academy as an early college high school. And in the first year of that school, my 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 grades was my grades was a 17 average overall. The total grades was 17 average, and they was up there were they were going to take me out so they could send me to a school that is not so high in standards and in mm-hmm. academics. And I said, I said, I just need to know how to I just need to know how to understand what I'm reading. And there's this woman by the name of Miss Barbara Crongot. She's really nice, really nice mm-hmm. woman. I went I actually went back um, a month ago and saw her, and she was so. She was so she cried when when I when I showed oh, her the wow. physical copy of the book. Oh really? Um, That's amazing, Rayfield. Yeah, she, she she what she used to do, she used to have me read the newspaper. She would have me take out word um read it as I could mm-hmm. have read. Um words that I didn't understand and the meaning to that that was in the newspaper. I would take them out, define them, 
and make sentence back with them, you know. So then it it allows me to it allowed me to to understand what I was reading. Yes. And after what three years of doing that, um, I started my my average started raising. I went from from a seventeen average to a seventy five. No. Oh my goodness. From a seven, from a 17 to a 65, from a 65 wow. to a 75, and from a 75 to an 80. And I started taking college classes in this in my school. I my um, I received I was receiving a lot of A's oh, in these amazing. college classes because I graduated high school with 12 12 college credits. Oh my so, gosh, Rayfield, to go from seven an average of 17 percent to taking 12 yeah. college courses that's that's so inspiring. I, I can't even tell you how inspiring that is. That, that's absolutely and amazing. Then, and my GPA, my GPA went um, went from I can't remember what the number were, but I know it was a two point. I, I remember it was a two point eight, and it went to a two point nine, and then I got to a three point one. Wow! And that's amazing. It's 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 such a powerful. to think about that little boy who was skipping school so he could pay money or, or earn money running errands so that he could help his grandparents get food on the table to. Now, taking in college, working on something you love, I mean, what a huge difference from then versus now. Yeah, and the, the, same, the same guy, Amos Poe, was my mentor. He, so I started, I, started I, 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 comp, I, I didn't start a book all over again. I, from, from those same five pages in the essay that I had, I started continuing to write. Mm. And I actually did 15 drafts of this book because... When I started writing about the, the the physical, the sexual abuse, and these type of stuff, mm-hmm. I was it was very hard for me to talk about it. Of course, it was. And I, 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 I spoke to I talked to Amos about it, and I talked to his son, I talked to his daughter, and it just opened me out, you know, to by talking to people, and it really helps. By talking to people, it really helps because yes. then you felt like you don't have to carry that weight on your shoulder. Yes, and there's and there's a sense of shame that comes along with that too, a sense of shame and many other emotions as, as we talk about that or experience that. And knowing that these people love you and care about you and respect you and want to help you, it removes that sense of shame because as you know, there's nothing you did that was wrong. And learning how yeah. to really... Be you, and people love you and accept you for you, regardless of anything in your life, and that's a beautiful gift as well. Yeah, and that's why, like I said, as as of today, and I'm thinking about, you know, where they could be, you know, promoting the book, taking the book to a further level, you know, make uh, wanting people to hear this story. Mm-hmm. It's me trying to tell people. You know, and even kids, you know, most of all kids, you know, like it's no matter, no matter what you've been through, you know, whether it was, whether it was, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, you know, um, there's nothing greater to know that you've been through the worst and you've made it out, you know, to become the best person you could be. Yes. Not to be better than anybody, but just to be the best person you could be. Because Regard- uh, regardless, regardless, yes. you know. Regardless of what you've experienced, yes, you still are becoming, and even more so, even a year from now, you're going to be even the better version of yourself than you are today. And that's exactly. amazing that you are moving forward in such a power in such a powerful way. Exactly. What's next for you? What's so you're you finished up this book? You are taking classes and to be a filmmaker, a screenwriter. What what more? What's next on the horizon for you? So I'm actually I'm actually. Um, Having a grant, um, I'm gonna be having a. I'm gonna try to get a grant to attend NYU because I never got to go to the school because I took the essay 
and I turned it into the book. I never finished Yes It, mm. but now <laughs> hence why I'm at this two-year school right now. But, you know, life takes us on a journey and, yes. you know, whatever you slack in, you know, you, it's not about, because in life you're going you're gonna to have plans and you're going to fall off of your, the track. That's not the problem, you know. You're going to do wrong things, but it's all about what you do after to prove yourself, to say, you know what, I'm going to keep going no matter what, you know. Because yes. it's human to make mistakes, but it's what you do after, you know, how you pick up back those 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 pieces and you put them together and you said, you know what, the sun awaits me and I'm no matter what I'm going to get there. It might take me a while, but I know I'm going to get there. Yes. Beautifully said. Beautifully said, Rayfield. Rayfield, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show. There's so much more we could talk about. But if my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about your book, Out of the Jungle to the Jungle Boy, where would they find this information online? So they, they could find the information on um, Outskirts Press. I just had a review from Kirkus Indy, mm. and it's on my social media. So my Facebook name is um, Junior Ray Walker, and that also has information that shows you um, that also has the review. You could find me on Instagram, and that is Walker 22 I'm also on Twitter. And that's also Rafi Walker. Are they able to purchase this book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble? Yeah, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble. What I'm going to do, Rayfield, is I'm going to put your book on my site as well, my store, jamesmillerlifeology.com. If my listeners aren't able to find it on Amazon, simply go to my website. Once again, that's jamesmillerlifeology.com. And you can find Rayfield's book in my store, uh, Out of the Jungle, The Jungle Boy. And you can purchase it right there. Rayfield Walker, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. Thank you once again and the best of luck. And I'm sure you're going to go so far in all the things that you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thanks for thanks again for having me onto the show. It is my pleasure. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.